Oh, my God. 
five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
the sun, Jerusalem. You are a painted sky. I am a bird, Jerusalem. You have the wings to fly. You are the father of my dream. I am the gift of time. I am your child, Jerusalem. Jerusalem is mine. You are an orchard in the sand. I am the fruit you bear. You are the glove that warms my hand. I am the smile you wear. You are the music of the hills. I am the words that rhyme. I am your song, Jerusalem. Jerusalem is mine. Shelter from the storm. I am your guiding light. You are a book whose leaves are torn. I am a page you write. You are the branches of a tree. Mine. 
JM in the AM with Kenny Karen in Jerusalem is mine. Aryeh Kunstler before that, the tefillah, the prayer for the Chayalei Tzahal, the soldiers of the Israel Defense Forces. Welcome to a Thursday here at JM in the AM. And of course, we'll be checking in with uh, a number of our friends in Israel. I know that the people here in the United States and certainly around the world are looking for different causes to support. There are many efforts going on, many, many, many efforts that are that have been set into motion. We'd like to think that because of our association with certain of them in Israel and the reliability that we've um, enjoyed watching from afar over all these years, that uh, some of the causes that we're going to be promoting, if not all the causes we're going to be promoting, are certainly worthwhile uh, to consider, and therefore we'll make those suggestions coming up. Uh, in addition, um, my uh, my daughter-in-law's father, Rabbi Uri Polachowski, is going to join us from Israel. He uh, has taken on a special role uh, since he educates American Jewish children from Israel on a regular basis, and we'll explain that. He's taken on an additional role, of course, of trying to explain what's happening in Israel to the youth of our community. And uh, he might have some interesting suggestions and approaches that our educators may want to implement or consider as they deal with this on a daily basis, especially in the schools where Israel is at the forefront, where Israel is one of the most important topics always. Uh, You can imagine what it's like for a teacher to walk in every single day and have to uh, do what we do, face up to what's happening and, and discuss it, in this case, with young people. So we'll speak with him coming up. And then we have been mentioning since we got on the air Monday morning after the Chag, we've been mentioning that uh, we were somewhat frustrated that we did not have details from Stay Road. Not that Stay Road is um, is any more prominent than any of the other cities that have been affected and all the kibbutzim that are now in the evacuation area, so to speak the horrors in all of these towns that are that are being discovered via video and via visits is indescribable. In fact, just hearing the president of the state of Israel when he addressed the foreign press, hearing him describe some of the atrocities, um, you just can't believe it. And this is after days and days of watching videos and seeing reports. You just can't believe it, what, what, this, what this savage enemy was capable of just uh, anyway um he also by the way mentioned it which i think is a really important point and something i certainly didn't consider because we keep talking about how there's a number of americans in the um in the death toll and a number of americans who were abducted and president biden addressed that yesterday and obviously there are people from other countries that are you know it's israel after all there are people from other countries who um, who were affected by this. According to the president of the state of Israel, people from 36 countries are included in the death toll, and he listed all of them. It is unbelievable. You talk about Israel being a melting pot or uh, being a place uh, for kabetzenu yachad me'arbakan foto aretz, and I know that normally that, that only applies to Jews, but it is unbelievable how many people from all four corners of the earth gravitated over the years toward Israel, and of course this is a horrifying example of it. 
But I think it's important. We keep talking about, you know, there are Americans included. The USA should be, you know, very concerned and, and help out as much as possible, which obviously they are. But we also should remind people this is an international event. This, is a, this has affected people who are citizens or natives of 36 countries around the world, which is pr- quite remarkable. Um, anyway, so... Uh, so stay wrote no more or less important than any of the other cities that were attacked and suffered such carnage on Shabbos. Um, but it was, it was fr- because this audience over the years, when it comes to cities in the South, there's no question. The one that we have featured the most and have felt this bond with the most has been stay wrote, but a tremendous amount of American support, um, from the American Jewish community for stay wrote, uh, in building the community and the yeshiva and, uh, you know, and, and just personally here on this show, we, we did the Hachnasa Sefer Torah in Stay Road during the 2014 war. We uh, have broadcasted with JNF from Stay Road, especially after they built the playground there. Um, you know, and, and we've been in the yeshiva many, many times and have broadcasted from there with Rabbi Fendel, etc. Anyway, today Baruch Hashem, Rabbi Ari Katz, who's in Stay Road is going to join us and will give us a full report, and I'm sure it's not going to be a, a pleasant one, but we'll hear how a community that is known for its um, religious Zionism and its incredible uh, um, method of bridging the gap between religious and secular, we'll, we'll find out what happened in that town with as many details as, he will, as he's willing to give us. And, of course, there are efforts to support Stay Road like any community at this point. Someone mentioned to me this morning from Israel that, you know, that no one's even thinking down the road, not that they should be, but no one's even thinking down the road about the rebuilding of the entire region and what that's going to take, both psychologically and financially. Yeah, a lot to think about. Uh, at the moment, we continue to pray for everybody who's uh, being held by Hamas, our brothers and sisters, in some cases, very little brothers and very little sisters, young kids. And we hope that the one above is able to, um, are able to, um, is able to, to give our leaders in Israel a strategy to deal with this and to bring them home safely. There are a lot of things to talk about. These rallies, these demonstrations, these um, gatherings that have been called for on college campuses, including Ivy League colleges, led by Ivy League universities, is astounding. Um, It's obviously um, something that's going to dominate the news today, that's for sure. Uh, not quite sure what to say about it other than uh, to those students. And I am familiar with some of the Ivy League students and graduates who are really stepping it up, who, who have not been involved, very involved in, in Israel advocacy, so to speak, over the years, and now are, are just, you know, considering themselves on the front line, kolakavod. And I know that in Brooklyn there is a uh, demonstration near Brooklyn College scheduled for today where everyone is um, – encouraged to bring their Palestinian flags and their kafias. So that should be interesting. And, of course, the debate about whether a counter-demonstration is a good idea or not, because it's obviously going to fuel a tremendous amount of passion. 
that's always the big question, and there will be a major police presence there. That's quite obvious. Um, the Jewish Security Alliance has been quoting this Hamas statement designating tomorrow the Friday of Al-Aqsa flood. They called on the international community to to voice solidarity with, with the Palestinian people and called on individuals living in the West Bank and East Jerusalem to take part in mass protests. Uh, Khaled Mashal, former Hamas leader, praised the recent attack, called for everyone to mobilize. And uh, there are no credible threats, thank God, to the Jewish communities of uh, New York and New Jersey. Just as an example, you would think that they would be the the most prominent targets in the United States. Uh, But they are recommending very strongly that everybody be on alert tomorrow. Um, They're talking about uh, limiting building access, uh, gauging drop-off and pickup of, uh, you know, children in and out of school. Uh, perimeter sweeps constantly outside of the building and obviously reporting any suspicious items. Camera coverage, is, you know, take advantage of the cameras you have in your buildings and synagogues and in, um, and in uh, schools. Uh, make sure all the systems are working, everything's at full power, batteries, etc. Uh, screen the packages that come in through the mail. Uh, and just uh, assess the entire you know, threat situation protocol of your school or synagogue, simple as that, and be in touch with law enforcement on all of this. They're, they're so cooperative, thank God. We are living in a unique time and a unique area, uh, so keep that in mind, and that's the, the latest. I'm sure, I'm sure tomorrow we'll bring this up with Malcolm when we do our weekly update. We'll bring up this whole issue of the threat on this side of the world. Now, there are a couple of things I wanted to bring to your attention. First of all, my thanks to Michael Feldstein. He sent me this Queller article, which I'm sure you could look up. Uh, we had been criticizing celebrities, especially the Hollywood elite, who are saying nothing about the situation. Uh, there are some people, he sent me the article, there are some people even outside the Jewish community. Obviously, the article includes you know people like Barbara Streisand and others who you would expect as members of the Jewish community, you'd expect, hopefully, that they would, uh, you know, participate in the condemnation of uh, of Hamas. But there are others from the non-Jewish and the secular community who, uh, the Hollywood community, I should say, who have been speaking out, and I think it's important uh, to acknowledge them, and we certainly do. The list is a little too long for me to go into right now, but there are some some people that have been uh, that have been out there. Some of them we mentioned yesterday, in fact. And, um, yeah, in fact, some of them I was shocked. Like Seth Meyers, I was shocked that he made a public statement that supported Israel. I was really surprised. He's not Jewish, by the way. Um, I believe he's married to a Jew, but he's not Jewish. Uh, anyway, so that was, so I wanted to point that out. And also, LeBron James should be commended. Obviously, he's one of the most uh, sought after uh, sports celebrities in the world. And his statements regarding support for Israel are much appreciated, to say the least. Uh, you know, the reality is when figures like this come out with statements one way or the other, it, ma- it makes a tremendous amount of impact. Uh, in addition to to the public statements, uh, people here in the United States and around the world are looking for, for causes to support. So a couple of very interesting efforts have come across our desk uh, over the last 24 hours. And um, 
I'm going to, uh, you know, again, based on the fact that I'm familiar with a lot of the people involved, I am, I am making the assumption that, uh, that, that they are, uh, in a, that they are dealing with this in a very organized fashion and getting the supplies necessary to the, uh, to the soldiers, um, you know, as, as, as well as they can, as quickly as they can, um, some of these efforts really are, uh, are providing a relief for the soldiers, and some of them are just uh, so well organized, it's amazing. So, um, yesterday I was made aware of the fact that Shai Graucher, uh, who we know for many, many years, he's been on this show, he has spearheaded a campaign that he's entitled the Chesed Verachamim campaign. And they are trying to do everything in their power to support um, victims' families and to support the IDF. They've already raised over a million dollars. This just went live yesterday. They've already raised over a million dollars. Um, it says here, in a grand and awe-inspiring display of solidarity, Achdus and Ahavat Yisrael, the Klal Yisrael Chesed Verachamim organization has orchestrated a remarkable operation across Israel. Towering trucks laden with prepared meals, snacks, and other provisions have been providing valiant soldiers stationed on the front lines with these and other crucial items. The military, grappling with the formidable demands of wartime, has found itself unable to fully provide for the comprehensive needs of its, of its soldiers. It was in this crucible of adversity that Klai Yisrael Chesed Verachamim, under the leadership of Rabbi Shai Graucher, emerged as a beacon of compassion. Throughout the year, they stand as unwavering pillars of support for the families affected by acts of terror, providing nourishment and support to those in need. Now, at the current war against Hamas, they are working around the clock, facing immense challenges of wartime. The army has encountered difficulties in providing its servicemen with everything they need. Thus far, a fleet of seven trucks has crisscrossed the landscape of the Holy Land, from bustling urban centers to remote outposts, amassing a treasure trove of essentials, from clothing to food, toiletries to equipment, and so much more. The outreach knows no bounds, extending to soldiers on the borders of Gaza and Lebanon and army bases across the country. Moreover, Klai Yisrael Chesed Verachim has extended a compassionate hand to the families whose lives have been irrevocably altered by the scourge of terrorism. Monetary assistance and provisions are being provided to each of these heartbroken families as they endeavor to mend the shattered pieces of their lives. These soldiers who unflinchingly devote themselves to the cause of defending Israel and the Jews living there have expressed their profound gratitude for the food and basics they've received. These deliveries are providing them with the strength and inspiration to persist in the face of adversity and challenge. And that adversity and challenge is just going to get more and more difficult. Now, how does one support this? And I, I wish it was an easier address, but let me at least give this to everybody in this audience now because people are asking, where should I send money? And I will tell you that I am directly uh, in touch with the people on this side of the world who are coordinating with Rabbi Shai Graucher, and this is a very worthwhile fund to fund. Um. I mean, they're just working nonstop, 24 hours a day, collecting and distributing. And they're doing a great job at it. So the it's a charity campaign, charity with a D, 
charity.com, C-H-A-R-D-Y, charity.com slash chesed virachamim. But you have to know how to spell chesed virachamim. So it's charity.com slash chesed virachamim. Chesed, C-H-E-S-S-E-D, virachamim, V-R-A-C-H-A-M-I-M. That is the address. Again, charity.com slash chesed verachamim, chesed with two S's. Verachamim is V-R-A-C-H-A-M-I-M. Now, yesterday on this program, um, it was revealed to us, we should have expected this, that Rav Rimon, Rav Yosef Tzvi Rimon, the rabbi of Alon Shvut in Israel, who was so instrumental in so many um, in so many uh, efforts in the past, most notably the disengagement when he did everything in his power to secure housing and jobs for people who are being displaced. It was amazing what he did anyway. So he, of course, has hopped aboard and and made commitments. And this was mentioned on the air yesterday, how he uh, understands the the need for bulletproof vests uh, for the army. And he went ahead and ordered the vests and and had faith that the money would come in. So people have asked how to support his cause because the more money he has, the more he's going to continue to... um, the more he's going to continue to provide for the soldiers, especially basic equipment like bulletproof vests, etc. So, um, let's see here. I got a note that told me exactly how one would give, and here it is. A little, again, a little bit complicated, but we'll try our best here. Uh, it's jgive.com. jgive.com. Now, my question is... Um, my question is, I'm just wondering if the, if if one searches. I'll try this right now. It's a jgive.com um, campaign. Um, I just want to see what happens if we search for specific campaigns. Let's see. I'll put in the word vest. Because this address is going to be very difficult to um, it's going to be very difficult to no doesn't come up. All right, we're going to try our best to get a a much simpler address, or at least figure out uh, how we can um, how we can make it easier on the listeners to get to the site. Uh, and yeah, of course, obviously in the news stories, um, that we do about any of these causes, we'll have the link in there. Um, we'll see if we can include these links in our basic newsletter today as well. So that's the story at the moment. Uh, Danny Danone is going to join us from Israel, a former United States, former Israeli ambassador to the United Nations will join us in the third hour this morning. Here at JM and the AM, that should be interesting. And as I said, by Ari Katz from Stay Road. That's going to be a heartbreaking conversation, no doubt. And plenty more coming up here on a uh, Thursday morning broadcast, twelfth day of uh, October, day twenty-seven in the month of Tishrei. 
The brand new year is five seven eight four. The brand new year, brand new year, bringing a lot of brand new challenges, to say the least. Um. So we will um, continue here at JMM. Feel free to comment on the app, of course. NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone. Comment away. Um, make us aware of different causes. We'll be featuring a bunch of them this morning. Um, make your points uh, that we should mention on the air. Uh, oh, I also wanted to just go through quickly uh, early this morning some of the emails I got regarding what's happening today. In fact, uh, I think only I have one for today. Uh, the Rabbinical Council of Bergen County is hosting a Unite for Israel night tonight. It is happening uh, at 7 p.m. at the Voti Park Banshell, which is right here. It's right down the block. A gathering of Achdut, Tfila, and Chizuk. Jonathan Rimberg and Yitzi Glicksman are going to be uh, leading the music. Um, it's co-sponsored by the Jewish Community Council of Greater Teaneck. And again, all of uh, Bergen County is invited to come and unite for Israel tonight. Voti Park, 7 p.m. in Teaneck, New Jersey. A gathering of Achdut, Tfila, and Chizuk. Bring your chairs, blankets, and Israeli flags. And let's, of course, as we mentioned yesterday, make sure that there's plenty of people there. Um, we want to make sure that uh, all of these events, all of these um, get-togethers that are demonstrations for Israel and for unity and um uh and and rallies and gatherings that keep the uh victims at the forefront especially those who are now being held by Hamas these are very important uh events to be well attended and i hope everyone in this uh, area in the Bergen County area will be able to make it tonight more coming up it is a thursday morning broadcast and you are listening to jm in the am <laughs> Shatou, 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 Shatou,
JM in the AM with Micha Gammerman, Esau Enai, El Harim. Yeah, those are words that we certainly are repeating over and over and over. And those who have been uh, holding um, tefillah, prayer, and Tehillim sessions over the last couple of days, keep it going. Some of the photos from some of the large gatherings are just uh, so inspiring. And again, those photos and videos, the, for them to go viral is very important. Very important. Very important for our brothers and sisters in Israel to see them. Important for all of us to know that everyone's in this together. We've all been drafted in this war. Maybe different positions and different functions. Uh, but everyone's got to do their part. And uh, we cannot encourage enough. Someone yesterday I saw in an email, uh, one of the one of the rabbeim of a very prominent yeshiva had called, um, which is interesting, we discussed this idea on Monday, uh, 15 minutes before every mincha, 15 minutes before every mincha, everyone gets together and says to him together. And that's, that's a very effective way. doesn't have to be for two hours. It's the power of the, of the crowd, the power of the seaboard, the power of the congregation get together for a few minutes before mincha, after mincha, before mariv, after mariv, and just keep it going. Um, I'm watching uh, right now. There's 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 always different things going on. I mean, today there's four million channels, so they're all covering the news from different angles. But right now, I'm watching the families of Hamas hostages from the United Kingdom begging for assistance, begging for their own government, uh, just like here in the United States. Uh, families of U.S. citizens who've been captured are 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 doing the same thing, begging the United States, or in this case, as I'm watching the United Kingdom is being featured and uh, there the families of hostages are begging their government to get involved to work with Israel to secure the release of those who've been abducted and those who are being held that is one piece to this entire story that is uh, that is just so difficult for everybody to comprehend and so difficult to deal with and of course uh, there's there's plenty of other things that have been difficult to comprehend and deal with and I'm not minimizing the butcher and the torture and the and the savagery that went into murdering hundreds and hundreds of people, of our brothers and sisters. But one cannot help but um, keep in mind, it just doesn't escape your head. All day long, it's in there. Uh, the, the boys and girls, men and women, grandmothers and grandfathers that are being held hostage in Gaza. Uh, we're going to be joined by um, a number of people this morning, including um, uh, some nice causes to support. You can imagine what our friends at Grilling for IDF, who, again, we've been associated with way before this war. You can imagine what they've been going through over the last couple of days and how much their efforts are appreciated. Their efforts are really expensive. And if we could find one or two people in this audience to, to fund one of their barbecues, that would be incredible, frankly. Uh, so we'll speak with them coming up. They'll talk about what happened yesterday in Israel. They had quite a day yesterday, and this effort is just going to keep going. Um, many of us can relate to this because the chances are if I was in Israel, meaning if I was a resident of Israel, I'd probably be participating in one of these uh, food delivery programs uh, to make sure that our soldiers are fed. That would probably be my role. And I bet a lot of people listening are thinking the same thing, especially people my age. And, you know, we would be, you know, trying to distribute supplies and, and necessities and food and, and uh, help with the grilling 
and uh, help give out um, you know, tefillin and tzitzis and uh, sidurim and tanachs, which are all, of course, part of this entire process. There are many soldiers who um, have requested tzitzit and tefillin. As we heard yesterday, Shmuel Sakin mentioned it. And obviously, whenever there's a request, someone is there to to answer. I, I called attention to everybody in this audience earlier this morning. And again, this is an effort that it's not only being coordinated in Israel, but a lot of people here in the United States, because it's such a large effort, a lot of people here in the United States have been behind it financially and logistically. Um, it's a charity campaign to support the Chesed Verachamim activities under the leadership of Rabbi Shai Graucher. And they're trying to do everything. I mean, they're distributing food, supplies, necessities, whatever they think of that a soldier might need. Uh, they are gathering them up in all different places in Israel, and they are heading out with these trucks and making these deliveries. It's as simple as that. And a lot of people on this side of the world are familiar with with what's going on with this uh, effort, and that's why they've already raised a million dollars for it, because people see... I mean, if you watch any of the videos of what they're doing and how they're distributing, it's it's just remarkable. Um, so again, it's a complicated address, but it, but this one I think you know people can get <laughs> if you listen carefully to how I put it. Uh, charity dot com c h a r i d y charity dot com slash chesed virachamim. Now chesed is spelled with two s's. Don't worry, I already informed. I already informed the leaders here that they should get that changed to either 1S or use both addresses, 1S and 2Ss. But again, it's charity.com slash chesed virachamim, chesed with two S's, C-H-E-S-S-E-D, virachamim, V-R-A-C-H-A-M-I-M, chesed virachamim, two S's in chesed. Check it out. Give what you can. They are always helping victims of terror and their families. They're always helping Israeli soldiers. But now the number in both categories is astronomical, as you can imagine. Um, so give what you can and help out. JM in the AM. It's a Thursday morning broadcast. Full schedule, by the way, here on a Thursday. Yossi's Wag with a Thursday live lunch at 11 a.m. Tonight, Mark Zomik, certainly with a very appropriate Erev Shabbos show for a week like this, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That's again, again, will be tonight, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern time, replayed 3 a.m. and 10 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow morning right here at the Nahum Siegel Network.
the siren wails Just an ordinary day Was it anyone I know? How can life go on this way? Hazak beneath Hazak We sing the words out loud To strengthen one another Together
JM and the AM Chazak Amenu. When that song was created with all the Jewish music stars in the early 2000s. Whoever dreamt we'd have to bring it back that we'd be in a situation like this. Moshav Band with Stop before that, and you're listening to America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio, around the world of web at NachumSingle.com, on the NachumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Do our news from Israel coming up. Yeah, Sharlach Hayal, our friends at Grilling for IDF is tomorrow. I don't know why I got confused. We're going to speak with them tomorrow morning around this time, and you'll hear about their incredible efforts and the type of week they've had. Uh, hopefully we'll get people in this audience to sponsor some of their barbecues because you'll hear about the cost and you'll hear about the effort. It's just amazing what they're doing. And I can only imagine these soldiers who must always be starving because, you know, when you're, when you're, uh, undertaking activities like this, I can imagine how many calories you're burning off. Uh, I can only imagine how they feel when they see these guys show up with the, with the grills and with the meat. Anyway, that's tomorrow. Uh, we will speak to our friends from Yashar Chayal coming up in a couple of minutes. They are, again, as you can imagine, I mean, they're always doing incredible work. They've got a track record, like, uh, which is amazing, but you can imagine how they've stepped it up now this week, and we'll find out how we can support them and get information about what's happening. Ambassador Danny Danone in the uh, 8 o'clock hour. Rabbi Ari Katz from Stay Road in the 7 o'clock hour. That's going to be a difficult conversation, I'm sure. But we've got to uh, we've got to face up to what our brothers and sisters have been through, to say the least. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next. Generation. לפני זמן קצר נורו רקטות לכיוון עמק האלה והשפלה הדרומית. בבדיקות שערכו אנשי מגן דוד אדום לא נמצאו נפגעים. מוקדם יותר היום נפצעו שני אנשים, אחד באורח אנוש ועוד אחד באורח קשה. שניים אחרים באורח קל ובינוני. הם פונו למרכז הרפואי ברזילי באשקלון. נזק נגרם לבניין מגורים ולתשתית שעליה התפוצצה הרקטה. עד כאן. בפעם הראשונה מפרסם חמאס את מספר החטופים שבידיו 150 ישראלים, מדווח כתבנו ג'קי חוגי. דובר חמאס בעזה, אבדלטיף קנו, הדגיש כי מספר זה נוגע לישראלים שבידי חמאס בלבד. כזכור הודיע הג'יהאד האסלאמי כי בידיו כ-30 ישראלים. על סיכויי המסע ומתן לשחרור הדדי הוא אמר, אין כעת שיח על שבויים, זה ייפתח רק אחרי שתופסק התוקפנות על עזה. הוא כינה את האשמות ישראל על רצח ילדים, פיברוק. וניצב משנה מוטי שיף, שאחראי על איסוף המידע מקרובי הנעדרים, קרא למשפחות להעביר עדות מסודרת למשטרה כדי לסייע במאמצי האיתור. כל מי ששומע אותי וטרם הגיע לפה או לתחנת משטרה ומסר עדות מסודרת ופגש בחוקר שיקום ויעשה את זה עכשיו. מי שלא יכול להגיע, מכל סיבה שהיא, שייצור קשר איתנו פה במוקד 105, אנחנו עשינו את זה כבר במאות מקרים. 
שר החוץ האמריקני אנטוני בלינקן נחת הבוקר בארץ ונועד בשעה זו עם ראש הממשלה בנימין נתניהו. בהמשך הצטרף בלינקן לדיון של קבינט המלחמה, מדווח כתבנו המדיני יניר קוזין. בלינקן נפגש עם ראש הממשלה נתניהו בקריה. בפתח הפגישה אמר בלינקן כי צר לו שהם נפגשים בנסיבות האלה. ראש הממשלה אמר, ובכל זאת אני מודה לך על התמיכה. בלינקן השיב, אנחנו לא הולכים לשום מקום. לאחר פגישה בארבע עיניים ביניהם, הצטרף בלינקן לדיון של קבינט המלחמה החדש, בהשתתפות שר הביטחון גלנט, יושב ראש המחנה הממלכתי בני גנץ, חבר הכנסת גדי איזנקוט ורון דרמר. בלינקן ונתניהו יישאו הצהרות לתקשורת לאחר הפגישה. משרד הבריאות הפלסטיני טוען כי שני בני אדם נהרגו מירי של מתנחלים ליד שכם. אברהים ואדי ובנו אחמד נמנו עם האבלים בהלוויה שהתקיימה אתמול בכפר קוסרה. כמה שעות לאחר ההתנגשויות בין צה"ל למתפרעים. כתבנו ג'קי חוגי מוסר שלדברי עדי ראייה בהלוויה, מתנחלים חמושים הגיעו לאזור וירו באבלים, השניים נפצעו ומתו הבוקר מפצעיהם. חשד להונאה של מיליוני שקלים מכספי תרומות לחיילים עבור ציוד מיגון פגום, מדווחת כתבתנו הדס שטייף. קצין מילואים שארגן רכישת כמות גדולה של ציוד מיגון לחיילים מכספי תרומות הגיש תלונה במשטרה. לדבריו פנו אליו נציגי חברה שטענו כי הם יכולים לספק מחול כמות גדולה של אפרדי מגן טובים עבור חיילים. בדיקה שערך העלתה חשד כי מדובר בציוד פגום. התברר שמדובר בחברה שנקלעה לקשיים כלכליים וכך ככל הנראה ניסתה להונות. מנהל החברה תושב תל אביב נעצר והחקירה בעיצומה. במד"א עדכנו כי מאות פצועים שעדיין מאושפזים בבתי החולים זקוקים למנות דם וקראו לכלל הציבור ובפרט לבעלי סוג דם O להגיע ולתרום דם. פרטים על מיקומי התרומות ברחבי הארץ ניתן למצוא באתר מד"א. מזג האוויר, עלייה קלה בטמפרטורות, אלה החדשות. J.M. and the A.M. on a uh, Thursday morning broadcast. Uh, our friends at Yashar Lachayal, who are used to supporting the Israeli army and its soldiers as best as they can, uh, for years they put together uh, amazing projects. And if you go to any town in Israel, their presence is felt uh, with what they do for the soldiers, both in towns and on the roads, etc., etc. Yashar Lachayal does not need uh, a long introduction for this audience. Moshe Hurt is with us live via telephone. He is in the southern part of Israel. He is uh, on Miluim. He is in the Israeli Army Reserves uh, doing his reserve duty as we speak, and he's project manager for Yashar Lachayal. Moshe, welcome to JM in the AM. Hi, Nachum. Thank you so much for having me. It's a huge schuss. Uh, I remember 20 years ago listening to every day, every day to school, listening to your program, so... I appreciate that very much. It's ours close to speak to somebody who is defending the state of Israel and the Jewish people at the moment. Uh, could you tell us where you are? You, you said to me off the air, it sounded like you're in the southern part of Israel. Does it get more specific than that, or that's all you'll reveal this morning? So I can't tell you exactly. I'm, I'm very close to the southern uh, part where everyone's hearing in the news. Uh, we're on call right now to be called at any part of the country, whether it's down south or north or anywhere else. Um, right now, and uh, we're ready to go to protect the country. Look, you know, I mean, you're very, you're obviously very familiar with the Jewish community of this area. You know that we are uh, thinking of you and praying for you, and I mean the collective you constantly, especially since the beginning of this whole episode. Um, uh, so you you can understand, even though it might be hard for native Israelis to understand how Jews in the diaspora would feel the pain, you understand that we are 
uh, feeling a measure of the pain here. Uh, and all we continue to do is pray for you, and you should stay, you and your comrades, your colleagues should stay safe and be blessed by the one above. Uh, okay, we got to talk about Yashar Lachayal because we're trying to feature um, uh, causes that we are familiar with, causes that always, year-round, no matter when, are there for the soldiers of Israel. But obviously this week, uh, they've stepped up their efforts like crazy. What could you tell us in general about Yashar Lachayal, and what could you tell us about what they're specifically doing this week? So what's incredible about Yashar Lachayal is that we're on the ground on the front lines, and literally right now I'm on the front lines, and we see exactly what the soldiers need, and we make sure to provide them uh, exactly what they need when they need it. So on the no- normally it's, uh, uh, it's every day, every day we're, we're always, always dealing with this, and now specifically because and everything that's going on, we've opened up a, a huge, huge warehouse in Mobile, and I've been bringing things from all over the world right now and providing for uh, for the soldiers on all areas, on the a northern border, southern border, in Yudabu Shamon, uh, whatever soldiers need, uh, we take care of it. I've been receiving calls from uh, officers and commanders throughout the most elite units throughout the uh, uh, throughout the army, and we have a huge team right now just working on uh, providing everything they need, whether it's... Uh, um, uh, humanitarian needs with hygiene products, food, um, gear that they need right now. We're taking care of everything that uh, that they need. Um, it, it sounds like, and I'm not at all being uh, sarcastic, obviously. It sounds like the needs are endless when it comes to necessities, when it comes to food, when it comes to supplies, when it comes to certain types of equipment. It sounds like uh, the needs right now are endless. And I'm assuming the more financial support you guys have, the more you're able to keep this operation going at full steam. The financial support is obviously the most important thing in addition to your the feel to your prayers. Um, but because there's so many soldiers that were called called up, both soldiers that uh young soldiers but also reserve duty soldiers, the amounts are probably the biggest since uh the Yom Kippur War. And uh soldiers were not expecting to be done for for so long. Right now it's been almost a week and it could be for, for many more weeks. That's what we're preparing for. So anything, uh, the financial support is, is goes a very long way, and we're going to need uh, to keep uh, to keep coming for. Uh, at least a few more weeks. I hope some of the supplies that you're storing and eventually over the next couple of days will give out. I hope some of them have come from the United States. Have those shipments arrived from the U.S.? The, because a lot of people here are collecting in this area. Yeah, so I think some have arrived already. We know that a huge shipment is landing today, and it'll continue landing. And then we're going to, according to um, the situation here, we're going to keep uh, assessing it and seeing how much more we have to bring. What kind of operation uh, is this? I mean, you know, we talk about Army operations, and you, again, are in a situation that, uh, uh, you know, we, we know the levels of danger, God forbid, that, that the soldiers could be in. What type of operation does Yashar Lachayal have to have? I'm assuming you have volunteers everywhere just trying to get everything and to utilize the 24 hours in the day to, to simply, you know, use the time wisely to get these supplies to everybody. Well, so we, we kind of break it down into a few different areas. The first one is our, our Pinot Chamot, our warm corners. We have all over Yudab Shimon, all over the country, also on the northern border and the southern border. These are warm corners that throughout the year um, serve hundreds and thousands of soldiers patrolling the area. Now even more so, now that everyone's on the border, there's tons of soldiers in uh, also in, in uh, Yudab Shimon and volunteers, uh, over 80 volunteers throughout the country that are in touch with us at all times, providing food for the soldiers in uh, that are still patrolling uh, the communities of Israel. 
So that's one thing. That's an area where we have uh, volunteers in the field doing that. We also have a team, obviously, sitting in an office, receiving calls nonstop from, from units everywhere, and telling you from tanks, from artillery, uh, from the Air Force, throughout the, uh, the IDF, we're receiving calls, and the people actually on the ground um, taking these things around. And then you also have, we have people like me that are, that are literally uh, soldiers that are, are reporting back to see uh, what's important and what's not important. If we thought something was important yesterday, now we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be flexible and change it for the next day if things change. Unbelievable. Ladies and gentlemen in this precious audience that's always supported important causes, uh, Yashar Lachayal is a proven commodity. Uh, they, they're there all year round. And as Moshe Hurt just mentioned from the front lines in the southern part of Israel, uh, they've got Pinot Chamot. They have these uh, warm corners, as they're called, uh, all over Israel, where, where generally speaking, soldiers can come and get a little bit of respite, some food. Um, sometimes some home cooked. I've been in Pinot Chamot where where there are people behind the counter, you know, making fresh soup and things like that. Uh, But now, obviously, this effort is being stepped up uh, by God knows how many times. Uh, They've got uh, uh, an amazing network of opportunity here to continue to supply necessities, food, equipment, and anything that uh, the soldiers need all over Israel. Go to yasharlachayal.org. It's spelled the way it sounds, Y-A-S-H-A-R, Yashar, Lachayal, L-A-C-H-A-Y-A-L.org, and give what you can, and you could read all about everything that they're doing now and all about what they do year-round in Israel. Moshe, I, I, I need you to comment for me. Um it sounds like, and if I'm wrong, you'll correct me, but you you likely went to high school uh, somewhere in uh, either in or near Bergen County, New Jersey. That's what it sounds like based on what you told me. Uh, and at some point, obviously, you decided to uh, head to Israel and become part of the uh, effort of defending the, the Jewish people by being a soldier in the IDF. Uh, and obviously now uh, you and your comrades, your colleagues are in this type of situation. Um what could what could you tell us six thousand miles away about the uh, the need that a young Jewish American man felt to go and be on the front lines in Israel? Well, I'll explain. If I answer the question, you're going to be asking why I decided to join. Correct. Basically. So if if, if, we, if I have a minute or two, basically. Uh, there's a famous uh, pasuk when the Jews uh, first come into Eretz Yisrael uh, the first time back 2,000 years ago. Um, part of the Jewish people were, were scared, uh, not scared, but they, they wanted to stay on the other side of the Jordan River and ask Moshe Rabbeinu if it's possible they can, uh, they can stay there on the other side. And he responds, I'll say in Hebrew and in English, Your brothers will go to war and you'll stay here. And I think that's what I felt as a young kid. How is it possible that, uh, that our, our brothers are fighting? How can they not join? And again, I'm not criticizing anyone out there. All the support's amazing. Not, it's not made for everyone, but I felt I had the opportunity, opportunity to do it, so I jumped on the, on the opportunity to come and protect us. And um, it's a real, for me, it's my dream come true to be sitting here now with my brothers. The morale is high. Um, we're excited to be here for not just the people living in Israel, for the Jewish people around the world. And we're excited to, to finish this mission and have you guys come for Hanukkah and, and uh, enjoy your trips here in Yerushalayim. And it's going to be a safer place than it ever was before. Wow. Uh, anything else you'd like to add about Yashar Lachayal? 
So again, like we said before, Yishar Chayal, I think is, uh, like I said, Yishar Chayal means straight to the soldier. Um, we're here for the soldiers. Uh, we can't appreciate uh, the support. Uh, it's been unbelievable. And we, we are the, we are the uh, location to, to reach the soldiers. That's 100%. We're, we're with the soldiers 24-7, and we're, we're providing for them as much as possible. So um, anything that you guys can do to help us uh, will help the soldiers directly and help us protect uh, the state of Israel and the Jewish people around the world in the best way possible. Yasharlachayal.org. Yashar, Y-A-S-H-A-R, Lachayal, L-A-C-H-A-Y-A-L.org. Moshe Hurt, stay safe, my friend. Keep inspiring the Jewish people with what you're doing. Uh, and Kolakavod is all I could say. Best regards to everybody that you're uh, standing alongside in this effort to defend the Jewish state and the Jewish people. Thank you so much, and good luck to all of us. Without that wow. What's it like to hear someone like that at that age talk about the commitment that he and his uh, and his friends, his colleagues, have made to the defense of the state of Israel and the Jewish people? and the protection of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. Unbelievable. Moshe Hurt, who obviously is from this area and is now in one of the more difficult areas of the world, the southern border in the state of Israel. And uh, we are, of course, wishing him and his uh, friends, colleagues, all those young soldiers, the best of luck and Hashem's constant protection as he and they defend Israel and the Jewish people. Our good friend, and uh, even more importantly, uh, the father of my daughter-in-law, Rabbi Uri Polachowski, who has been a guest of ours before, is senior educator at Nefesh Benefesh. He is also... And uh, this is important for this conversation. He's also a teacher at the Sheck Hillel Community School in Florida. Could you imagine? He lives in Mitzvah Yericho. He works in Jerusalem. And on a regular basis, he is teaching classes in Florida. And uh, he uh, is an instructor with the southern region of NCSY as well. Uh, Rabbi Uri Pilachowski, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Thanks. It's wonderful to be here, Nachum. Good to speak to you. Hope you and your family are doing well. Obviously, we're thinking of you constantly. Uh, and you know, I'm sure, even on a broader uh, level, and you know what the Jewish community of the United States is like. Uh, there, are, there are thousands who are thinking of people like yourselves and your fellow residents of Israel on a 24-hour uh, cycle, a 24-hour basis right now. And I know that you, again, being a native New Jerseyan, uh, know what that feeling is like. Yes, we're great. We're grateful. We're really, really grateful for everybody who's praying for us, thinking of us, donating to us. It's uh, we just have tremendous gratitude. Now you're you're instructing uh, high school students from Israel, meaning American high school students um, from Israel, on a regular basis uh, through your work at the school in Florida. And I thought of, and and you have been invited. Um, during the last few days, you've been invited, uh, I'm sure, by your own school and others uh, to address the situation in Israel and try to uh, help high school students in this area uh, understand what's going on and to bring it a bit closer to home for them. 
Uh, and I thought it was a good idea to uh, speak to you about that very topic. There are educators, there are people in our community uh, who aren't always sure what the best approach might be or what the goal is when speaking to elementary and high school students, Jewish students in the Jewish day schools and high schools about this very topic. What could you tell us about trying to convey the proper messages from thousands of miles away to students here in the United States? So, so first of all, from what I've seen from educators across America, uh, following what they've been telling their students and watching the videos and, and seeing what they're writing, I think everybody's doing a wonderful job, and I don't think that anybody is really the expert on this. I think mental health professionals really understand uh, you know, how to talk to children and how to talk to students. I think they're the people that we should be turning to and asking them how best to, uh, to speak to, uh, to our children. Uh, but I think in terms of messaging, uh, just from, our, you know, from the standpoint of you know, Israel's point of view and how we want our students to relate to, to Israel, I, I think that we have to have a mix, and this is the messaging that I've been trying to get across, of sadness over the, tr- the tremendous tragedy that the Jewish people have faced over the last five days, and, but at the same time, a level of confidence that this isn't the end. You know, I, I've, I've heard a couple of messages. It sounds almost as if people are giving eulogies over the state of Israel. The state of Israel is strong. We've been hit. We've been hit hard. Uh, we've been traumatized. We're in pain. But we are still very, very strong. We're still the strongest force in the region. We're still a thriving country. Um, we're not just surviving. We're thriving. And we will get past this. And I think the messaging has to be a mix of sadness, but of confidence and of, of resolute and that we're, we're a resilient people. We're, we're dedicated and we're committed and we're determined and we will have a victory. We will be victorious. I think that, that, that balance between the two has to be the message that's being struck. It's interesting, even though uh, some of the students that you're speaking to are already, you know, of high school age, et cetera. Um, and, and they have seen, I mean, 2014 and other examples, you know, they have seen and heard about, uh, you know, wars in Israel, certainly Hamas infiltrations from Gaza or rocket fire, at least from Gaza in the past, et cetera. Uh, and certainly they've heard of terror attacks, but but I, but I, quite obviously they've never experienced anything at this level. Uh, and with social media, of course, it makes the entire thing worse. It, it sounds like, uh, and balance, I guess, is always, you know, moderation and balance is always a good answer in many areas of life. But it sounds like if, in fact, someone's in a school as a teacher or principal, and it's a school where Israel is a major priority, and I'm assuming the school you teach with, you teach for in Florida is, is that type, and we're, we know what these schools are like in the modern Orthodox community, certainly, where Israel is at the forefront every single day of the year. Uh, I, I guess the, you know, keeping everybody up to date regarding the news, encouraging Israel advocacy, those are important. But you're raising an, a, a very important point here in addition to that, and that is there is so much good news, so much chesed, so many wonderful things that can be shared about the unity of the Jewish people right now. Uh, educators and principals need to emphasize those, right? That's basically the message. Right. And again, it's not it's not one over the other. Right. It, it's both. We we do we are in a state of mourning. You know, in the sense we're in a state of mourning. We we you know, here in Israel, we've only just started the funerals, um, and there are going. Unfortunately, there's going to be a, you know, twelve hundred funerals. Now, each person that passed away is, and, and was murdered 
I shouldn't say passed away. Each person that was murdered uh, is going to have their own funeral, and we're going to, and we're all going to them. And they are, uh, there are going to be, um, you know, they're 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 going to be sad, and we and we need to we need to face that. We can't run away from that. At the same time, as you mentioned, there's chesed, and there's a war. And when there's a war, we have soldiers. We're sort of we've we've been influenced to the idea of you know turning the other cheek. And, but beneath all, the Jewish people are warriors. That's our history. We're not used to it because for two thousand years we we weren't. But we are a people of strength, and we are a people that when we are hit, we hit back. And there's nothing to be ashamed of by that. That's something that we should be proud of. And, and we should be even more proud of that we have the capabilities of doing that. Uh, and we have the, the, the capabilities of ensuring the fact that this does not happen again. That, 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 that determination has to be part of the message. It's, it's not just, I'm going to tell you an inspirational chesed story of somebody that brought food to soldiers. It also has to be that we are going to war and we are going to win that war. Wow, what an important message. Rabbi Uri Pulachowski with us from Israel. By the way, I mean, obviously there isn't a, you know, a family that is not affected in some way. Uh, we always talk about the, um, the closeness. Even President Biden yesterday said the Jewish community is large, but it's very small, meaning you know, all of us know somebody, and no matter what part of the world you're in right now, uh, you're familiar with uh, families who are suffering whatever loss it is that they're suffering. I'm sure your own community and every community in Israel is going through its own uh, mourning for, for those who specifically are from your communities um, who have fallen this week. Um, but one of the things I was thinking about, in your work with Nefesh Benefesh, you, you, I assume you have come across a really large number of lone soldiers and new Olim who've gone straight to the army. And, you know, and, and uh, take, of course, you know, as an example, you know, American kids like the one we just spoke to a few minutes ago who decided that this is what they need to do. Um, they, they, you know, they need to be alongside their, their colleagues, their Israeli colleagues, and, and be part of the army. I, I can only imagine that you've been thinking over the last few days about all those who you've met over the last few months and last couple of years who, you know, insisted on on volunteering and became soldiers and, and now are in this situation. Not that they weren't prepared for it because obviously Israel is always ready and I'm sure prepares their soldiers for, for these eventualities of being in a full-scale operation. Uh, but what thoughts go through your mind when you think about those young people who you've met who now are taking on this Herculean task on behalf of the Jewish people? Uh, they're heroes. They are nothing short of heroes, um, and they will forever be recorded as heroes. They will always, in their lives, they will always have the pride of walking around and saying that they served. Um, it's something that, you know, like uh, your, 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 your listeners can't see me, but I usually, when I tell this, I usually grab my stomach and show people that, you know, for some reason I was rejected three times by the IDF. <laughs> and I'm jealous of these, of these people that, that had the capabilities of being able to serve, and they're able to serve their people. It's something that for 2,000 years we, we would only dreamed of, that we would have our own armed forces, our own defense forces that could defend the Jewish people. Uh, so these, these people who come to Israel uh, and, they, and they go straight to the army, as you said, there's so many young people. Every charter flight that we have uh, is full of young people that are going right off to the, to the IDF because that's what's required of them. We're not recruiting soldiers, but that's what's required of them. 
uh, as, as an Israeli citizen and as a part of the Jewish people. And they are heroes. They, they're putting their lives on the line for my safety, my family's safety, and for the safety and security of the Jewish people. It's an amazing thing for us to, to just sit back and, and, uh, and appreciate. And then when we see them, uh, I mean, the love and the care each one of them you know, deserves and requires. How are things in Jerusalem? Uh, you spend your work day um, very often in Yerushalayim. You're there now. Uh, is it very quiet? Uh, do you get the feeling that there's extra security, precautions, anything different than what would be happening on a regular day? Uh, it, it's very, yeah, it's, it's a lot quiet. We, no one's going to work and schools are off. So when that happens, you know, like, uh, it's not a silver lining, but my usual commute to work is an hour long because of traffic. But you know, it, from now it takes 25 minutes to get to work uh, because there's nobody on the road. There's no traffic. So, uh, so that's, you know, that, that's, that's what's happening. And Jerusalem's somewhat empty. Um, stores, you know, the only stores that really open are food stores and mostly shopping stores, not, not necessarily restaurants. So, uh, so in that sense, that's, that's how Jerusalem looks. Uh, but, you know, it's not like Corona. You know where where you know, things were empty because you weren't allowed to go places. It's re- it's requested that people stay close to shelters just in case. Yeah, understood. Uh, well, stay safe, my friend, and best regards, of course, to your entire family. And uh, uh, we certainly enjoy uh, hearing your perspective because it, it's it's hard sometimes to keep up the optimism. It is difficult sometimes to walk into a classroom and not bring all the sights and sounds that we've been watching and hearing for the previous 12 hours uh, and not bring them with you into the classroom. I know it's hard for me not to bring it, frankly, to these airwaves. Uh, so your your voice of optimism and Netzach Yisrael Lo Yishaker is much appreciated. For sure. That's for sure. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. A pleasure, Uri. All my best always, of course. Rabbi Uri Pulachowski, he is, in addition to his work with Nefesh Ben Nefesh, he is an educator in Florida from Jerusalem. That obviously, we didn't get into it, but obviously that works through what we now know as Zoom. And um, he's been called upon, as so many others have, uh, to be in touch directly with schools in the United States and to give these messages of seriousness and optimism to students in our communities. More coming up at JM in the AM. We will check in with our friends in Stay Road. This is something that I've spoken about since Monday, how we have uh, a special relationship for years, for decades actually, with the city of Stay Road. I was somewhat frustrated after uh, hearing the news Sunday night, excuse me, hearing the news Sunday night that we were not getting direct reports uh, in terms of what has been happening in Stayrote, uh, un- th- those unfortunate reports we'll get this morning, and Rabbi Ari Katz joins us from Stayrote a few minutes a-, a few minutes from now here at JM in the AM. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words: Zechanishmas Arav Zevin Rabbi Alevi and Zechanishmas Esther Bas Rabbi Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with morning chizuk. Good morning. Concerning our current situation, the Rambam writes, Mitzvah Semen Torah, Lizoik Olaria Bechatsoitzros, Al Koltsara Shetovalatzibor. It's a positive commandment to cry out to Hashem in the event of any great distress that affects our community. That crying out is a cry through prayer, a cry through tshuva. 
the Rambam tells us that we have to be sensitive to make sure that there is no apathy, that every response is one that is directly from the heart. A man dressed in traditional Hasidic clothing came to the home of the great rabbi of Kharkov. He pleaded with the rabbi's attendant. He needed an urgent meeting with the tzaddik. It was arranged. The man soon found himself standing in front of the holy Cherkover. The Chassid explained that his son had been summoned by the draft board. He was going to be enlisted into the Austrian army. If he passed the examination, he would immediately be drafted. His chances of survival would be very slim. The Chassid pleaded with the Rebbe to pray on his behalf that he should fail the test in order to be exempt from the draft. After listening closely, the Tzaddik closed his eyes and seemed deep in thought. He then asked the man to repeat his request. The Chassid complied and told the Rebbe once again about the circumstances and what he was requesting. The Tzaddik closed his eyes again. After a few moments, he asked the man to repeat his request a third time. This happened another two times. At that point, the great Rebbe of Charkov jumped up. He reprimanded the Chassid. You are so selfish. You're not showing any appreciation to the Austrian government. They have been generous to Jewish people. They guard our safety. They guard our rights to live as Jewish citizens. They don't demand additional taxes from us. And they've assisted us over the years. How can you think of avoiding the obligation to serve in the army? You should show your appreciation to the government. And in fact, your son should be inducted into the army. Leave immediately. You are ungrateful. The man left quite disappointed and upset. Everyone who heard about this was shocked. They couldn't imagine why the Chuk of Arebbe had ordered the man to repeat his request so many times and why he was so severely rebuked. The explanation was not long in coming. It happened to be that a month later, the Rebbe of Cherkov received a commendation from the Austrian government. He was awarded a medal of recognition for his patriotism. Apparently, the Chassid who had requested the audience was nothing more than an undercover agent. The government had been informed that the Rebbe was a traitor and that the agent had been sent to verify the accusation. Upon his return to his superiors, the agent reported that, on the contrary, the Tcharkover had expressed exceptional devotion and allegiance to the government. The entire community was amazed that the Tcharkover had been able to discern the true identity of this individual who visited him. However, the great Tcharkover Rebbe protested. He said, it was not a matter of Ruach HaKodesh. Rather, the man's deception was very clear when he repeated his request countless times without emotion in a calm and collected manner. If his request was so meaningful and critical to him, his passion, his intensity should have increased each time that he had to repeat the details of his request to the Chuk of Arabba. When we pray at this critical time, we have to recite our tefillos with great passion and emotion, each tefillah increasing in intensity. Bez Hashem, 
We will now shake the Shari Shamayim, the Shari Tfilos. It will bring victory to Eretz Yisrael, and all of the hostages will be brought home safely. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Besuros Tavos, Yeshuas, Venechamos. J.M. in the A.M. with Dvekas and Animamin. Well, one of the conversations that we've been uh, very much looking forward to and very much not looking forward to having, uh, as we said, starting on Monday, uh, was with our friends in Stay Road. Um, obviously, Stay Road is no more or less important than any other city in Kibbutz that was uh, infiltrated and attacked by the enemy on Shabbat, on Shemini Atzeret, obviously. Uh, but we have had a very close relationship with Sterot along the Gaza border for a very long time. 2014, we had the Achnasa Sefer Torah during the war in Sterot. 
We were with JNF broadcasting from the playground in Steyrot. We have been with Ray Fendel countless times in the yeshiva and broadcasting and speaking with him, whether we were there with him in Steyrot or we were here in the United States. So we were just frustrated that we weren't getting a clear indication of what our brothers and sisters in Steyrot have been going through over the last few days and what happened on Shabbat. So uh, we've had this opportunity, Baruch Hashem, Rabbi Ari Katz, who's our good friend and is, of course, the Director of Public Relations at the Yeshiva, has there in Steyrot and was most recently in Steyrot yesterday afternoon. He was just there uh, seeing uh, w- what the latest situation is. And obviously, he's in constant contact with everybody there. He's with us live via telephone. Rabbi Ari Katz, a, a pleasure, although I wish it was different circumstances, to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum, so much. And just by listening to your introduction, I, I get I'm getting emotional and and it, whatever. It's it's just you know difficult times. But I thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to, in a way, share with the world, uh, you know, what's going on. Oh, um, we have it's, been it's, uh, it's so we 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 have been pining for this opportunity, as you heard. I mean, it's no secret that both uh, my staff and I and our audience have felt this very close relationship with Steyrot and the yeshiva and, and frankly, both the religious and non-religious community and secular community for many, many years, decades, I would say. And we just wanted to hear directly uh, in terms of what was going on there. Uh, I mean, I have to, of course, I have, uh, I have to assume, yeah. I have to assume that the horror stories we've been hearing and seeing from other areas around the Gaza border, from other cities and kibbutzim, I'd have to assume that 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 it may, may be on a different scale. I don't know. You'll tell us. But I have to assume that Steyrot experienced a very similar type of Shabbat. Yes, um, that I could tell you 100%. I mean, I, I want to start by saying, after being there yesterday... And I'm not exaggerating here whatsoever. There was not one living soul on the streets. This is the first time I ever saw it. I'm now working there for eight years. And not one living soul besides the crazy me and, and foreign press. Okay, that's what Zero is today. I had a, what did I tell someone? I had a group of people that I, every Holomoy last week, exactly a week ago, exactly a week ago last Thursday, I was with 60 people from all different parts of the country that came down and I was giving the tours that I always give. And I come yesterday and the city of Steyrot is not the same city of Steyrot, okay? Uh, just physically number one, physically number one, the police station that, that was on the news that the terrorists took over the police station and killed all the policemen that were killed on Kiddush Hashem in the police station. There's no more police station. It's rubble. I was there yesterday. They were trying to remove the rubble, the tractors, the bulldozers. Okay. They had to knock it down to get to the terrorists. The city is not the same city. It's, it's, it's unbelievable sight. And that's only physically. I can't even start imagining emotionally what's going to happen. And, um, it's something which the city, Baruch Hashem, until now, never, never experienced. No one ever in their wildest nightmares ever thought this would happen. Yeah. I mean, the yeshiva has been there for almost 30 years now, 28 years. And Baruch Hashem, the yeshiva has done so much for the community. On Simchat Torah, Yerushmini Atzeret, last Shabbat, so I told her if I know this, this has to be publicized. There was a nace. There was a nace. You have to, you have to look at the Nisan, the miracles that were done also. The terrorist, this police station I'm talking about, those of you who visited Steyron, the police station is literally a block away. I walked it yesterday. Just uh, I shouldn't be a liar. I've been telling people. It took me three minutes to walk from the police station to the yeshiva. 
The terrorists had no problem coming to the yeshiva. And that would have happened, God forbid, I don't want to think what would have happened. And the terrorists, for some reason, did not come to the yeshiva. The buggy that they used, one of the buggies they used to come in, one of the tractors that's more that they come, those speedy buggies that they used to come, that they came into the city with, one of it is... I saw yesterday the soldiers had to warn me not to go near it because it might be booby-trapped. It's standing right next to the driveway that goes up to the yeshiva. And the terrorists never got to. On the contrary, Nahum, the people, the, the, first of all, the students were locked down the whole Simchat Torah. Simchat Torah, the yeshiva was full. There were guys, the, the Talmudim, and alumni, and girls that come, and um, people from the army that were visiting that got off for that weekend. Now you have to understand, Baruch Hashem, they were there because they went, and the yeshiva was in lockdown, but the ones who had guns, with some of the rabbeim, went out of the yeshiva, joined the fighting, the police and the army against those terrorists. One of the rabbeim even got hurt, was injured. Baruch Hashem lightened. But that's what the yeshiva did. But the mace that the terrorists never got there, it's, you have to look at the, also, you have to look at the miracles here. But to see Spay Road in the state that it was yesterday, it, it, it was very, very hard for me to see it. So hundreds of people in the middle of Tfilah have to go into lockdown. That's essentially what happened. Yeah. yeah. So basically, I could be honest with you, I, have, I, I, can, I don't have 100% proof. I think the Hester Yeshiva was the only shul in town that actually had a kafot right. uh, on Simchat Torah. Everyone else went home. Right. The yeshiva they had all these boys from all over the country in the dormitory, so they didn't, they could, so they were just locked in, and they did have a couple. They were, they, yeah, right. they had a couple. No, I hear it. I, I understand what's going on. So now, the, as you said, the police station obviously was a was a large focus of international news, and you just revealed to us that obviously any officer who was in the building was was murdered by the enemy. Um, were there residents of Stay Road who unfortunately had the same fate as? people in other communities. I mean, thank God the yeshiva was safe, as you just described, and obviously it's one of the first things we thought of were people like yourself and Rabbi Fendel and the families that we're familiar with around the yeshiva. I mean, obviously a great concern. What about residents of Stay Road? Did they suffer the same fate at the so, hand of the enemy? So again, the same, when you say the same fate, it's hard to, to measure. I mean, I, I think, uh, again, as what I know, not, not everything is even known. There were, unfortunately, families and civilians that were on the street at the time with the terrorists coming in and shooting around, shooting everything in sight that were killed. There were terrorists that went into some houses because maybe, because it was a city, not a kibbutz, and, and just the way the city is built differently than a kibbutz, right. we might have been spared the atrocities that were done in the other places, but there were right. definitely people that were killed. There were definitely at least one that I know of, maybe a few more that houses that the terrorists did go into in the city even. So yeah, we, we, we look, like I say again, I said this yesterday to someone, you know, so I don't know the, even the final numbers. I think we're not as bad as, the, but what does it matter? Even one. No, I, I, understand, I, under, I understand that. You're making a very important point because we did hear about people who were murdered in the street and it makes sense based on what you just described. If someone was outside, terrorists came by. Unfortunately, uh, they were murdered by the enemy. And again, the police station where we're, uh, we, um, uh, we were aware of, but but what you're describing is really true. Stay Road is a city. It's built like a city, and in many cases, it's hard to get. You know, it, it's it's not a flat town. It's in many cases, it's hard yeah. to get to some of those homes and buildings, and that, of course, as you just described, may have had a great role in saving a lot of lives. Or by uh, Ari Katz is with us. We're talking about Stay Road, of course. By the way, uh, because there's so many people who obviously want to help the rebuilding, and we'll we'll, we'll find out from you in a moment. 
what the current situation is, because obviously, as you said, you were there yesterday. What's the best site for people to use? Should they use friendsofstayroat.org? Friendsofstayroat.org. Friendsofstayroat.org. That's, that's our website. On the website, there's a link to our campaign. Now, but let me explain something. Let me explain sure. something here. The, we, this campaign, we are using this campaign for the immediate needs of the people of Stairo. Right. This includes the yeshiva, the students as well. Right. Now, I, I, I've been telling this to people, what people already don't understand yet. This is, unfortunately, this is just the beginning, okay? Based on what we all know, and I think, again, without going into details, I think this is the beginning. This is going to be a lengthy, you know, uh, you know, whatever you want, war uh, situation, whatever you want to call it. And the people in Stairo, and, uh, and that's not only people of Steros, the people all around the, you know, what they call the God's envelope, okay? Every, everyone living next to the border sure. are going to need a lot of help to rebuild, not only physically rebuilding, but also emotionally. The trauma that they went through. Look, and we, Shiva has always had a part in the city, helping people. And now, more important than ever, we want to be those people that look, help, look, you know, look, our we, we, yes. we never stopped emphasizing for decades how the yeshiva physically and emotionally is at the center of the community. I mean, the outreach that's done from the yeshiva is remarkable. We've spoken about it many times, and obviously uh, there's no doubt in our minds that as this campaign fund, friendsofstayroat.org, gets larger and larger, we have no doubt that all the residents that are in need in Stayroat will be considered uh, because that's the way it's always been. That's the way Rabbi Fendel and his uh, Rabbeim and his leaders have always dealt with the community. And by the way, we've been at your side for months-long problems. I'm not saying anything that compares to this, but there have been periods of time in the last 20, 25 years where Stay Road has been under fire for months at a time. And thank God oh, of course. Communities, of course. From, communities from around the world have tried to do everything in our power to, to, um, to, to let you know that we're at your side and obviously to do so financially. So that is our intention again. But I, uh, I I need an update. I need an update. What is the status of the yeshiva today? You know, most yeshivot in Israel at the minimum would be starting next week. Many, of course, obviously uh, started already this week. Call a kavod to those rabbinic leaders who called for that. What is the current status? What do you think the immediate future will be at the yeshiva? And when you were there yesterday, did you get the feeling that a large number of families had evacuated? Did you get the feeling that a large number of people aren't coming back for a while? What is the situation right now in Stayroat? So as I mentioned, the street's totally empty. People have left at least temporarily, hopefully not permanently. I'm going to talk about that now. Uh, like it's so, since it's still, like we say, it's some, 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 so many things are unknown because right. there's still a fear of terrorists still walking around there. So people are scared to go out in the streets, but definitely people have left um, and, and uh, you know, gone to the safer places. The mayor just this morning came out for a call that and whoever wants to be evacuated, the government should give them a chance to evacuate. Usually it's only the women and the children and the elderly, but they want to give a chance for everyone to be evacuated who wants to be evacuated. The army also would prefer that so they could do their job without having to worry. Right. Uh, the yeshiva itself, now, yeshiva itself. So I want to say something before I get into yeshiva. I think we all have to look at one thing. There's no coincidences in this, in this world. And if the war started on Simchat Torah for us, this is a war against Torah. They're, they're, war, they, they're, they're these terrorists, these Rishayim, these Sonei Israel. okay? They, it's no coincidence. They're, they're, they're war, the war they're waging is against Torah Israel, Am Israel, Eretz Israel. Let's do with that. And the yeshiva, of course, would love to come and bring the boys back. The only problem is that being the yeshiva in Sterot, 
Right now, the boys are home. They were there some Torah. They weren't allowed to leave. Right? Fendel, the next day, was able to get them all out, check that everyone was out of the yeshiva. If you ask me right now, it's so unclear. Right now, I can tell you this, that the yeshiva now is being used, just let's say now, without getting too, getting too much details, but I came yesterday, I was in shock a little bit, the army is using the yeshiva right, right. now. Understood. Okay, the army is using the yeshiva right now. So it's not even, I could call it now, it's, it's uh, more of an army-used, uh, you know, yeah. uh, uh, facility. Okay? Look, look, the yeshiva so, is uh, a, a key building, and in addition to that, it's a protected building to, you know, to a large extent. Exactly. That's why the army being there is very important. Cause a lot of the soldiers who are waiting to enter Gaza, uh, they're in the open, and when there's sirens, they're, they're really sitting ducks. The guys in the yeshiva, this will also have to did the same thing during Operation Protective Age right. in 2014. He right. used the yeshiva as an army uh, station. Right. So right now, if you ask me, I don't know yet. I think the yeshiva has decided what they're going to do. I have a feeling they're going to learn like during COVID. Right. They're going to learn from far. They're going to learn by Zoom. Okay, because I don't think the parents, I don't think Estendel wants to now the boys, the, 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 the responsibility of having the boys come back right now. Right. Okay, especially now when the and, and in addition, we have a lot of boys that are in the army now anyway. Okay, over 150 guys. There have been older boys who have been called up to the army. So it's not your, Abayim who have been called up to the army. So right. it's not your exactly normal situation. But we all know how much, and again, how much the learning of Torah and this is, I want to just say this, Nahum, that, and, and I believe this so, so, so strongly that Kakol Kol Yaakov, the only way we're going to win this war is if Klaal Israel, if Ami Israel, whoever they are, their davening is stronger, their learning is stronger, because that's how we win wars. We know we yeah. win wars with the help of Tila. Rabbi Ari Katz is with us. We're encouraging everybody to go to friendsofstayroat.org, friendsofstayroat.org. Be as generous as possible. We've seen how Rabbi Fendel and his staff have utilized funds for Stayroat in the past. He's built an entire city and an entire yeshiva. Um, incredible what they've done. Um, First of all, Ari, I'm telling you, I bet you there'll be a yeshiva, especially those that are now emptier because of the call-up. I bet you there'll be a yeshiva that'll invite Rabbi Fendel to come and bring, you know, as many boys as as, as uh, possible to, to, you know, relocate. I mean, you know what's going to happen. There's going to be offers from all around the country, like there are right now. For, uh, for sure. Yeah. And secondly, I, got, I have to make the other point as well. I didn't consider this. Uh, you know, we're used to, you know, from our vantage point, we're used to being in touch with the yeshivot that, you know, have a balance of Israelis and Americans. Some of the Americans obviously are, you know, army uh, kids as well. Um, and therefore, most of the yeshivot that we're familiar with, you know, end up with a, you know, with, with some type of population sticking around. I have to assume, and if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. I have to assume in the yeshiva and stay road, an overwhelmingly large percentage of its students are being um, brought to be reservists during this war. Am I under the wrong impression, or is the percentage very high? No, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. You're right. I'm just right. The only really the only boys that are the, who aren't called up are the guys who aren't yet in the army, which right. are the younger boys. Right. But everyone else there uh, from, let's say, the third year and on, yeah, of course. That that's why going back to the nation. 
that would have been such a target for the terrorists to hit a Hester Yeshiva with his soldiers. And that, and that's, that makes the myth even greater. That's what I'm saying. And, uh, and the fact that, that yes, yeah, so again, the Yeshiva and, and, and the Rabbeim, the Rabbeim, the staff also, the Rabbeim, and, uh, you know, the, the Kolo guys, the married guys, the married men. Yeah, they're, they're, this is this is the biggest call up since uh, ever. I mean, there are over three hundred thousand people have been called up in less than a week. So your fund, by the way, your fund, which again obviously is going to try to fulfill the needs of the immediate, you know, the, the needs of the uh, the immediate needs of the families that are in the community. Uh, call a vote for that. But in addition to that, Rabbi Fendel. And you and the, the Rabbeim and the staff, you're going to have to pay careful attention to all the soldiers that you have all over the place. And and like all the other yeshivas that have soldiers in different parts of Israel, you know, make sure they have supplies and they have what they need. And there's a connection still with the yeshiva and they feel the moral support. I mean, that's also going to cost money, frankly. Uh, of course, and like I say, when the dust clears, because still we don't even know where our students are going to be yet. I mean, right. since it's just now it, it, the way that, the way things happen, they first have to get rid of everything that was in Israel proper in the cities, get rid of the terrorists, and now you no, know, now we'll start seeing, you know, I think where people are going to be stationed, and where the soldiers are going to be going, and everything, and uh, and of course we're going to be in touch with them and make sure that they're taken care of and uh, yeah. you know. Uh, to be in contact with them, definitely. definitely. You, you know, I hope I'm not. Ma- I hope I'm not making a a. I hope this point I'm making is not misunderstood. Every soldier in Israel understands their role and has tremendous chibat haaretz and tremendous chiba, uh, tremendous love of the land and tremendous love for the Jewish people. But th- there must be something, even you know, even on top of that, when these young men from Stay Road are asked to defend the Gaza border because in addition to their Chibata Aretz and their Chiba, their love for every Jew that they're protecting in Israel and around the world, they're literally protecting their hometown. Yeah, well, I've said it a few times. I've I've, I've gotten convicted to soldiers during you know, more peaceful times near the border. And we always get to talk about that, that, you know, oh, wow, you you guys are a few miles away, even less from the yeshiva, you basically are protecting your own house. Right. And of course, it's a stronger feeling when that happens. And there are a lot of, that's a talk also, you should know, Nachum, also on the radio, because there's so many guys called up now and so many people who are living down south, you know, when it comes to those boys who are now in the army, they're protecting, the, it's a lot, it's a much stronger feeling when they say they're protecting their, not, we talk about our home, Eretz Yisrael in general, but especially their own private homes, it's a much greater feeling, definitely, Okay. That that is no, there's no question about it, and uh, and uh, it just makes things even more personal and more stronger. Okay, by, that 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 that. Uh, oh no, no question. And by the way, uh, the 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 um, the community in Stayrote, one one also has to remember. Um, and I'm thinking of one specific example. You could tell me if it's like this on a broader scale. The community of Stayrote has a tremendous influence on other communities. Meaning there are small towns around Stay Road. I'm thinking of one specifically, but again, you could tell me if it's broader than that. There are towns around Stay Road that turn to Stay Road for religious, uh, for religious guidance, uh, for you know, for for the um, uh, for the uh, services that are provided. You know, in larger cities, it, it, it's it's somewhat of a capital of that area, right? 
Yeah, I, I think you could say that. I mean, I think you could definitely say that Seyron has turned into a lot because the yeshiva in terms of the capital of, of a lot of Torah, of Chesed, and a lot of people rely on us. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the key that you said is done in the city and also beyond. Yeah. And also beyond the city. That's what you, that, that, that's a hundred percent. And, uh, you know, well, like I said, the people look at Stay Road to be that. And, you know, what, when Stay Road is hit, it affects a lot of people. Um, and, um, that's why I think it, it, it's even more important to understand the ramifications, what, what happened here. But I want, I want to say one thing. Yeah. I truly believe, Nahum, that like in all these cases, Ami Sorel is Ami Sorel. They don't, we are, we're not any normal nation, okay? And we will come out stronger afterwards than before. And like Stay Road will be even stronger afterwards. The yeshiva will be even stronger afterwards. It might take some time, okay? But people, and like I said, this is someone called me yesterday and said, so your tours now won't be the same tour. I go, you better won't be the same tour. It's going to be a lot more powerful, my tours now, yeah. when I talk about it. Because it's going to be a lot different. It's a lot more to talk about and to see and to emphasize. And I think people will realize that. So sometimes, you know, we all know through history, sometimes, you know, you, you, you have to fall down in order to get up strong. But, uh, you know, God willing, we will see that. We will see, uh, you know, a victory, and we will see a, a Yeshua. Look, I, uh, you know, we, 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 lo- we love the optimism, and we know you're telling us the truth. We know it. We know we're people of faith. We know what you're saying is, of course, 100% true. Um, but for us, as you know, there are certain communities that the North American Jewish community has gotten very close with over the years. Uh, you know, I can name a lot of them for you. And one of them is Stay Road, frankly. And that's why that's why there is some sadness this morning in this conversation, frankly, because we're hearing of what people of what people who we've met over the years and have gotten close to and understand their mission. And we've seen the families and the soldiers and the young people. And, and you know, we, we've been on the playground with the, the kids of Stay Road, you know, playing on a typical day, you know, and, and, and we've also run to the shelters when 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 necessary. Uh, in stay road, right. you know, you've been on the roof. You've been on the roof. You've been on the roof of the yeshiva. Sure, uh, you, you saw the the, the menorah, the kasan menorah. So it's just that again, again, not to, not to, not, not that any other community or kibbutz is uh, any greater or less great than than any other city in Israel that has suffered this terrible fate of this horrible um, savagery. Um, obviously, we are sympathetic and and are pained by all of it. But uh, you you know what it's like. The American Jewish community has certain communities it always feels a an affinity and a kinship with, and uh, obviously, Stay Road is one of them. Yeah, we thank and we thank those. Yeah, and we thank the people very much because all our supporters and all our friends throughout the years have made it possible for us to do what we've been doing, and that's that's very very important. And of course, I told we have to everybody. In normal times, in peaceful times, so much more so in times like this, and uh, it, it means a lot to us. It means I, the amount of outpour of calls I've received from former students, from friends. It's um, that's what gives us chizuk. I think that we know that the world cares, and that we're, and we're, we're, you know, and they're t- they're davening for us and thinking of us. That gives us chizuk. A lot, a lot of chizuk. And that's important in times like this. We need to have that chizuk. We need to be strong to stay strong. And by your support and everyone's support around there, that it just—it's just, it's so important, so vital. Israel will persevere, Ari. That's that's your message, and it's one that there's I need. I need. I need to continuously communicate to people around the world. Israel 
will persevere. And I love what you said. It'll be uh, both State Road and the State of Israel will be better uh, than it was in the past. It's just going to be a painful road, obviously. Uh, but uh, there's yes. there's tremendous Yeshua coming down the road, and anybody of faith uh, has to believe that. Uh, it's impossible to be one of faith uh, without knowing that uh, that there is uh, tremendous redemption down the road. But again, it's going to take some time. And, and first and foremost, uh, a lot of your boys and uh, a lot of uh, young people uh, in Israel, by the hundreds of thousands, as we've been talking about, and as you mentioned, are, are going to be facing some rough days ahead. And uh, we are praying, we are praying that the one above, the true prime minister of Israel, the one above. We're praying that, 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 that he protects them in every which way possible. And all the schutim, all, all the schuyot of all the mitzvot and all the chesed and all the initiatives and all the tefillin and all the tzitzis and all the learning and all the, the and all those. One of the yeshivot did something beautiful that I saw the other day. They, um. They put a sign with the name of the of the student who was just called up to the reserves on Shemini Atzeret. They put a sign by his seat so everybody remembers that this is where he belongs and hopefully be back in oh, that wow. be back That's in that beautiful. seat in the Beit Midrash beautiful. very very soon. So the, we, we yeah. will continue to pray and we'll continue to support. I want to remind everybody everything Rabbi Ari Katz and I have discussed this morning. Uh, you could support it, every one of these efforts. There are immediate needs in Stay Road and many other places, and, and Rabbi Fendel never says no to anybody, frankly. Um, he might say that's been one of his problems over the years, that he cannot he cannot turn away anybody in need. Uh, so let's give him and everybody in Stay Road what they need at this time. Uh, this fund, obviously, now is going to be used for immediate needs, and then down the road there will be plenty of opportunities as we assist, uh, the worldwide Jewish community assists cities like Stay Road and others to rebuild. Uh, friendsofstayroad.org. It's very simple. Friendsofstayroad.org. We, we uh, enjoy featuring, as we've done this morning and all through this week, causes that have a proven track record. Uh, we've seen what they've done um, responsibly when, when they are in charge of funds, and that's why we are highly recommending that people support uh, the Friends of Stay Road campaign, friendsofstayroad.org, friendsofstayroad.org. Rabbi Ari Katz, any uh, any final words uh, before yeah, we say so goodbye? It's very short. I mean, it's hard to imagine, but this, it seems like years, but we, we just basically went to Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, and I think if people have been asking, so how can we help? How can we help? So I say, listen, we all said it in davening. We all screamed it in davening just a little like three weeks ago. And we said, Uchuva, Utfila, Utstaka, Mavir, and Turag So I think you mentioned all that here. Chuva, of course, repenting every one of us, that's their own individual thing. But Tfila, that we talked about how much the davening is so important, and Tzedakah, okay, is what we screamed at on Rosh Hashanah and on Yom Kippur. And we believe that those three things, Mavir and Turag they will hopefully overturn the evil decree. And we have to believe that. And what you said, Nachum, to the audience, I think. We said we mentioned all three of those things, okay? Because Chuva includes yeah. everything, yeah. and Fila and Staka, the friends of Spirot.org, okay? There's your Staka right there. Uh, so no, uh, no I could it. just say, and I and I and I want to get right now invite you, Nachum, invite you very very soon to visit the yeshiva, to visit the city of Spirot, to come on the rooftop to look at the beautiful city that will rebuild, and it will be beautiful again. And there'll be people coming there from right and left. And so I'm invite, personally inviting you and all of your listeners, okay, to come very, very soon. 
back to stay out in recession. Well, I thank you for that, and we look forward to that day. Ari, be in touch. Let me know how many yeshivas invite Rabbi Fendel to bring his Talmudim. I'm curious. Okay, I will. I will. Thank you, Malcolm, very much. A pleasure. A pleasure, Ari. Stay safe, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Rabbi Ari Katz, Director of Public Relations for the Yeshiva and Stay Road. Yeah. The terrorists made it in, and he, uh, and now I understand why... We were not hit with the dramatic news from Steyrot the way we were from other areas along the Gaza border. There were people murdered, unfortunately, in Steyrot, as Ari described. But um, the main episode was the police station. People randomly being murdered on the street. Hashem Yimkom Damam. And as he pointed out, the miracles of the, um, of the yeshiva and how it was spared on Shemini Atzeris morning, packed with Talmidim packed with Israeli soldiers. And, of course, uh, as he described, the city is, you know, laid out a bit differently, especially Sterot is laid out a bit differently than some of the kibbutzim in that area. And it was probably more difficult for the uh, for the enemy to infiltrate to the degree that they did other parts of, uh, of the uh, border, the Israeli border with Gaza. Uh, but, again, I um, encourage everybody... They're going to rebuild. They're going to rebuild. Uh, We're very concerned, obviously, as people in Israel keep telling me. I mean, it's also obviously too early to discuss this, but, you know, people wonder about the future of some of the smaller towns, and, again, it's it's not for today. But Stayroad's going to rebuild. They're going to rebuild everything that's been destroyed. They're going to rebuild the community, and they're going to rebuild the population. It'll, It'll be a full, vibrant city again, hopefully sooner rather than later. And we could do our part, friendsofstayroad.org, friendsofstayroad.org. Uh, I want to mention again, uh, first of all, there are demonstrations going on. Uh, be aware of them. Uh, some of them on the Ivy League College campuses today. I know that there are people in our community, especially alums of uh, the Ivy Leagues, that have been working tirelessly to try to get uh, these demonstrations quelled squelched, if you will. I don't know if they're being successful, but they're making quite an effort. There are a lot of people making quite an effort. It has to be admired. In Bergen County, New Jersey, in Bergen County, New Jersey, tonight, beginning at 7 p.m., there's a Unite for Israel rally at Voti Park, at the Bandshell in Voti Park in Teaneck, starting at 7 p.m., a gathering of Achdut, Tfila, and Chizuk, They're encouraging people to bring chairs, blankets, and Israeli flags. There'll be music and more. And, of course, no doubt the uh, Chayalim and the victims and those who've been abducted will be at the forefront of everyone's mind and everyone's prayers. So that's happening tonight. You know the importance of these demonstrations getting a lot of people, these demonstrations uh, being full of support for Israel. So try to be there in Voti Park in Teaneck, New Jersey, later today at 7 p.m in Teaneck. Also, we've been mentioning a few different um, uh, causes. Yashar Lachayal, we can't um, recommend them uh, highly enough. It was an honor to speak to uh, soldier Moshe Hurt from the southern part of Israel earlier today, yasharlachayal.org. Obviously, the Stay Road Fund is one that we've been talking about a lot over the last few minutes, so you know about that. And um, 
I again want to mention that there's a charity campaign. This is a um, this is the effort that is uh, being coordinated by Shai Graucher, who we know for quite a while and has been a guest of ours uh, here at JM in the AM. And they are providing the they are providing needs for families of terror. They are providing needs for soldiers all over Israel. If you read the description about the campaign, what they're doing is unbelievable. And if you happen to come across one of oh, they have videos. They have videos right here on the campaign. You have to watch these videos. Uh, the extent of what they're doing and how they're doing it is just amazing. Uh, here's the address. It's a drop difficult, so I'll do it slowly. It's charity.com, C-H-A-R-I-D-Y, charity.com, C-H-A-R-I-D-Y, slash chesed verachamim. The problem is, or the situation is, that chesed has two S's. I've begged them to get the one with one S as well, but I don't think they've done that yet. Chesed Verachamim, C-H-E-S-S-E-D-V-R-A-C-H-A-M-I-M. Again, charity.com slash chesed with two S's, Verachamim, V-R-A-C-H-A-M-I-M. Cannot recommend it highly enough. Ambassador Danny Danone is going to join us in the next few minutes. More coming up. It's JM in the AM.
מתי תפתח? ופי יגיד, תהילתך
J.M. in the A.M. on a um, on a Thursday morning broadcast. Uh, he has been one of the greatest friends uh, um, uh, to us here at J.M. in the A.M. I am referring, of course, to Ambassador uh, Danny Danone, who is, uh, in addition to being a member of Knesset, sits on the Foreign Affairs Committee, the Defense Committee, Subcommittee for Intelligence and Secret Services, uh, um, uh, MK, member of Knesset, Danny Danone, holds the position of chairman of Worldly Could. And, of course, we remember him lovingly uh, when he was in this area so often as ambassador to the United Nations. Uh, ambassador, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Thank you for having me in uh, such a, a tiring time for us. Thank you, Nahum. Uh, I know you're very busy and you only have a few minutes. I'll get to two very quick things. Uh, could you describe for us the morale, the strength of the Jewish people in Israel, uh, the IDF? Can you describe what things are like today in light of this tragic, savage episode of this past Shabbat? Well, we are in deep pain. You know, we are still counting the number of casualties. You know, the number of funerals is beyond imagination. We are being exposed to horrible scenes in the kibbutzim, in the moshavim, in the south. Uh, but at the same time, we, we we see that Israel is coming together. We, we feel the spirit of Israel in action. We stand up united, uh, and we are getting ready to fight back. And we will fight back, Nahum. I can assure you and my friends uh, that uh, we are strong. We are capable of defeating Hamas, and that's uh, what they, we will do. This time, we will have to to do the work, complete the work, and eradicate Hamas completely. There is no other option. That is my approach, and I'm pushing it in the government, and I hope and believe that this approach will be adopted, and for once and for all, we will defeat Hamas. Ambassador, member of Knesset, Danny Danone with us. Um, I know that many people say it's too early to ask this question, and I know it's a painful question, but I, I get the feeling that you're one of the few people who will be on this show in these couple of weeks that can even address it. Um, we all want to know how this could have happened. 
What is the initial answer just a few days later from your vantage point about how this could have happened? So in the last few weeks, you know, we we discussed so many times the, the Yom Kippur War that happened exactly 50 years ago, and here it happened again. Uh, there's no good explanation for that. Uh, we will do the inquiry necessary. You know, I sit on the uh, Foreign Affairs uh, Secret Service Committee, uh, and we will go into the details. Uh, but now, what we are telling to my, our commanders, uh, go and win the war. After we win the war, we will do everything we have to do. But now, we are not in a position to do the proper inquiry and to see who is to be blamed. Now, in a time of war, and I think it's time to come together uh, and to win that war. And we will do that. We will do that. They will pay a heavy price, I can tell you. You know, I don't want to expose the, the audience to the scenes that I have seen here in the last few days. But I can tell you the brutality uh, of our enemy is uh, similar to the brutality that we saw during the Holocaust. Uh, horrible, horrible war crimes. And we will make sure that each and every one who, who is involved in this terrorist organization will pay for that. Finally, um you know how we feel about you and nothing against the current or other representatives in our history to the United Nations, but uh, you you were an absolute uh, uh, diamond in the rough when it came to the UN. Um, you have to be disappointed with all the incredible support coming in from around the world, from all the major countries. And, you know, we could we can make lists and lists of those who, thank God, have supported Israel during this time. I think you have to agree that the statement of the United States Secretary of the United Nations Secretary General and certainly the reaction of certain countries has to be disappointing to you. Absolutely. It's shameful. It's shameful to hear the response of the UN, of Russia, and other countries. You know, when we are burying more than 1,000 uh, uh, victims uh, that were butchered uh, in a brutal manner, we cannot accept a- anyone who is calling both sides to de escalate the situation. We will not accept any call for humanitarian suffering of the Palestinians in Gaza before people will ask the question about the humanitarian disaster that we suffered, about the people who were abducted from their beds, about kids. And I'm talking with you, Nahum, about babies. One-year-old babies are being held at captivity in the end of the Hamas. So we, we have no patience for those hypocrites this time. Now we're going to win the war, and, and then we will deal with all those hypocrites. Danny, I'm sure you believe, and you should believe, that uh, Israel will come back bigger and better uh, it's just going to be a difficult and painful road to get there. Yes, we will prevail. We will win it. We will continue to build our beautiful nation. Uh, uh, but it will be painful, but we will win. I, I, I know that we have the capabilities. We have a great military, great spirit. And uh, our enemies, they made a mistake, and they will pay for it. By the way, I'm sure you fondly remember the communities of New York and New Jersey. I hope you're aware of just how much, uh, how many activities of solidarity are going on in this area of the world. I am, I am. And, you know, to see the, the, the love, the support, you know, sending uh, material to our boys and girls. You know, my, my son is an officer down there and he's telling me that every day they receive so, many, so much stuff and love from all over the world. 
and to see the Jewish people coming together, that's the reason we, we are winning the war. That's the reason we can win and stand against evil, and that's what will happen this time again. Danny, Todaraban, I'm Yisrael Chai. Toda, bye-bye. There he is, Ambassador Danny Danone, who served with great distinction um, at the United Nations and, of course, is a member of Knesset. And I felt because of his role uh, in the Intelligence Committee of the Knesset, I could not avoid asking him initially about how this could have happened. And I know that that's a, that's a question that's going to be asked for quite a while. Maybe we will never have a satisfactory answer. But um, I'm sure we'll discuss it tomorrow as well when we do our weekly update with Malcolm Honline. Join us tomorrow morning, 7.40 a.m. Eastern time for that right here at JM in the AM. Thursday morning broadcast. We've done a lot of things this morning. I want to thank our by Uri Polachowski who joined us earlier. And those of you who are in the world of education, consider strongly how you approach these topics with elementary and high school children in our community. Uh, there is uh, a lot of serious stuff to discuss with them, and there's a lot of wonderful stuff about the unity of the Jewish people and the 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 um, the uh, and the obligation of those of us who are people of faith to understand the big picture and how things will be in the end. Uh, Uri said that to us. It's not just about discussing the beautiful Chesed projects, but reminding the children and grandchildren about the fate of the Jewish people, how it's in God's hands, and at the end it's going to be a very positive thing. Right now it's painful, of course. Now, uh, we, we are getting these communiques that the NYPD and others are, uh, are releasing regarding tomorrow. Um, one of the leaders... Uh, one of the leaders of Hamas... Khaled Mishal, who's the head of Hamas from 2004 to 2017, has called on the Islamic world to stage protests tomorrow, Friday. And what he has in mind is is what has caused the NYPD to react the way they have. According to this release that we have, the New York City Police Department has ordered all of their officers to report in uniform tomorrow after ex-Hamas chief calls for global protests. Uh, They're asked to be called in uniform starting Friday in anticipation of potential unrest stemming from a call by the former leader of Hamas to stage global demonstrations in support of Palestinians. All uniformed members of the service in every rank will perform duty in the uniform of the day and be prepared for deployment. Read a Wednesday night memo sent to the all NYPD members. Cops will not be granted excusals or shift changes and the order will remain in effect until further notice. The directive was issued, as I said, by Khaled Mishal of Hamas. The NYPD is beefing up security in all of its precincts, assigning additional cops to monitor entryways and parking areas at station houses, according to the internal memos. Um, We mentioned earlier that there are no credible threats at the moment um, based on uh, um, uh, what we learned from local government in New York or New Jersey, but... Uh, officials are requesting that everybody in synagogues and schools tomorrow pay extra careful attention, beef up their security, make sure all their cameras and the security uh, apparatuses are working, um, have more perimeter checks from uh, in terms of outside the building, limit entry to the building, be very careful about uh, the opening and closing of the building, especially during arrival and dismissal times. Let's use extra precaution just in case, God forbid, the enemy is uh, 
able to be successful in their mission, God forbid. Um, we spoke earlier with Rabbi Ari Katz, friendsofstayroat.org, friendsofstayroat.org. He gave us quite a perspective about how that community and city, it's one of the differences, as we mentioned, between Stayroat and some of the other towns near the Gaza border. Uh, it's got a size, it's got a proportion, it's a city. And uh, he described what went on there on Shabbat, the miracles that took place, and unfortunately the the murders that took place as well. Uh, friendsofstayroat.org, friendsofstayroat.org. We mentioned the cause or the, the charity campaign that um, it ha- has been created in support of Rabbi Shai Graucher's organization, which is spending a lot of time and resources in getting what the... Um, soldiers need and what families of terror uh need at this at this point uh it's a charity campaign it's a it's a bit difficult the um the um address so so i'll do this slowly it's charity with a d charity c-h-a-r-i-d-y dot com slash chesed verachamim chesed has two s's c-h-e-s-s-e-d Virachamim, V-R-A-C-H-A-M-I-M. So charity.com slash chesed virachamim. Chesed has two S's. Give as much as you can to that. And uh, we also spoke with uh, Yashar Lachayal earlier. The work they're doing is amazing. And I want to thank uh, Moshe Hurt, who's on the front lines, originally from New Jersey, on the front lines. He spoke as an Israeli soldier on behalf of his comrades and as somebody who's been working with Yashar Lachayal. Uh, and you can go to Yashar Lachayal, Yashar Lachayal, L-A-C-H, Lachayal.org, and you can support their emergency campaign. And uh, you'll see you'll, you'll see the, the, the things that we recommend have track records. These are funds that have been long active for many, many years, and they've proven what they do with their money. <laughs> Simple as that. So um, I, I think I could say that uh, everyone can be comfortable with what we're recommending, and I think that that's important that people be comfortable with what we're rec- recommending, and those are some of the the, uh, the funds that we were emphasizing today here at JM in the AM. Now, I remind you that there is a I, – I don't have to tell this audience how important it is uh, to have um, people show up to demonstrations, to tefillah, gatherings at the Hillam gatherings uh, videos of all of those I believe should be sent out constantly we should flood social media with uh, with videos like that and I mention it in the context of what's expected to happen tonight in Teaneck New Jersey uh, Bergen County is uniting for Israel tonight starting at 7 p.m. Uh, tonight at Voti Park Bandshell in Teaneck, it's a gathering of Achtut, Tfila, and Chizuk, and they're asking everyone to bring their chairs and blankets and to bring Israeli flags. Jonathan Rimberg and Yitzi Glicksman are going to be performing. They will be uh, leading everybody in the musical presentation. Obviously, there'll be Tfilot. Obviously, the uh, the victims and those who've been abducted by the enemy and our Israeli soldiers fighting on the front in the hundreds of thousands, will be at the forefront of those tefillot. As we beg the one above to protect our soldiers, as we beg the one above to put the right strategy in the minds of the Israeli leadership to get the uh, the hostages out of Gaza, 
Uh, all that's going to be happening tonight, 7 p.m., Votee Park, Banshell, Teaneck, New Jersey. Again, bring your blankets and chairs and bring your Israeli flags. Please make sure, no matter what community you're in, anywhere, anywhere, uh, from the most uh, populous of Jewish communities to the most obscure, if you call for an event, make sure it's well attended. Make sure you invite people who are Israel supporters from all backgrounds, um, who are uh, from all different communities, um, Orthodox Jews, secular Jews, non-Jews, anybody who would be a sympathetic ear to what's happening now in Israel. Make sure to invite them, make them feel comfortable, thank them for being there, and we ourselves make sure to be there. We ourselves have to make sure to be in attendance and make those crowds as large as possible. And again, please take videos, please distribute them on your social media, etc., etc. Yesterday I um, mentioned that uh, it sounded like the world of Hollywood celebrities in this country uh, were taking a back seat to this whole issue of supporting Israel at this time. We're not releasing statements when, frankly, uh, when any group is targeted, they're the first to react. Uh, that has improved somewhat. There are people, there are a couple of articles. I want to thank Michael Feldstein for sending me one of the articles that have been written about, um, I mean, a lot of the people on the list, frankly, are Jewish, and we'd expect them to react the way they did, I would hope, but but Jew and non-Jew alike are reacting, and they should be commended uh, when someone like LeBron James or Usher or Justin Bieber or um, any of the Hollywood actors and actresses, when they make statements, they should be acknowledged. Those statements on Twitter and other social media platforms should be liked, possibly shared, certainly commented on in a positive way. That's one of the ways that we can um, encourage people to to be supporters and, under, and, and make them understand that there are a lot of people who are watching what they're saying and appreciating what they're saying. Um, also use the opportunity, please, especially, uh, since now our children, essentially, certainly the older elementary school children, and all the high school kids that are in our communities are, uh, proficient at email, uh, educate them about being in touch with local and the statewide and federal officials to, uh, make it known that they are concerned about what's happening in Israel. Um, the, um, the, importance and now it's so easy i mean you tell a kid to write an email and send it and they'll they'll know how to do it in a second uh it's so easy to um educate our kids in terms of who represents us politically in terms of government on, on the local level certainly on the state level united states senate the house of representatives uh the governor's office and of course the federal level why why not write letters of support for israel to the white house and letters of concern to the white house and to our federal officials. Um, now is an opportunity to really teach Israel advocacy. Now is an opportunity to really step up with our own children and grandchildren, with our own students. Now is the opportunity to really step up uh, and and educate our kids that hopefully they'll be doing this for the next 70, 80 years uh, in terms of how important it is to react in a proper manner, uh, in a respectful manner, and in a responsible manner. Uh, to things that are going on, especially involving Israel. So let's utilize this opportunity to do that. Uh, let's uh, be in touch with those um, 
uh, members of uh, government that have uh, taken stands that are in support of Israel uh, and encourage them to continue to do so. Invite them to events that are happening in the community in support of Israel. They want to be there. They want to be there and they want to support the community and they certainly uh, would like to take the stage and make a statement um, about uh, supporting Israel. So give them the opportunity to do so. And um, I give them that platform and hopefully they'll use their platforms uh, to be out there for Israel as well. And um, continue to pray for our brothers and sisters on the front lines. Uh, Now that uh, we're in 2023 and um, everybody, it seems, around the world knows people who are serving or knows parents or grandparents of those serving in the Israel Defense Forces. It has brought uh, this war even closer to home. Uh, Unfortunately, some of the fallen are um, either familiar names or are uh, relatives of those who we are associated with in one way, shape, or form. And that list continues to grow. Also, the president of Israel was on in a press conference that he was doing with members of the foreign press, foreign to Israel. And he pointed out, and I thought this was, I, I, didn't, I didn't realize how important it was until after he went ahead and listed the entire list of countries. We keep focusing, rightfully so, on those Israelis and Americans that, are, uh, that have been murdered by the enemy and that are being held that have been abducted and are being held by Hamas in Gaza, and obviously the efforts to release them should continue from uh, both Israel's side and the United States' side. But the president of the state of Israel in his press conference pointed out that among the victims are natives of 36 different countries. There are people from 36, and he went ahead and listed every one of the countries. There are people from 36 countries. Talk about the ingathering of the exiles. I mean, that's, I know that's generally a, a term reserved for the Jewish world, but uh, in this case, it's like unbelievable. The number of people from different countries that Israel has attracted, both in terms of the workforce and, and to live in freedom, etc. cetera. Uh, members of 36 countries are among the victims that, um, that the enemy murdered this past Shabbat which is just a, a, a fascinating list to consider. And if you go, if you find the press conference that he did with the foreign press, you'll see it. It's, it's one of the earliest things he does in that, in that gathering after they show some of the faces of the children and adults who are being held by Hamas right now. Uh, so continue to pray for our um, soldiers on the front. Continue to pray for the one above to again, as I said, put into the hearts and minds of our leaders in Israel the right strategy to secure the release of the hostages that are being held by the enemy and um, certainly continue to uh, gather together in demonstrations, in tefillah groups, in uh, Tehillim groups, all of which I hope are being recorded and photographed and then those pictures I hope are being disseminated. Uh, Everybody in the Jewish world needs the chizuk. Our brothers and sisters in Israel need the chizuk. And frankly, those who are against us need to see the unity and um, the togetherness that's being felt in the Jewish world 
Um, as simple as that. So I hope that um, that everybody, when they when you do gather, whether it's Voti Park in Teaneck tonight or any other area uh, and any other community that's getting together for Tefillah or getting together to demonstrate on behalf of Israel, make sure to send all of those images out as soon as possible. Take advantage of the fact that we're in an era like this where this information can be shared immediately. Uh, tomorrow morning on this program, our weekly update, Malcolm Holine will join us at 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time. He's been in Israel, or at least was toward the beginning of the week. Uh, I know he was down south. Um, those descriptions from him tomorrow, I'm sure, will be uh, agonizing. And we'll have an opportunity to discuss some of the bigger picture items with him. And um, during that segment, the weekly update, we've spent a lot of time over the last few months and years lauding the intelligence of the state of Israel. Uh, And every time, God forbid, there's a terror attack, we point out the number of terror attacks that they stop on a regular basis. And obviously, this was a uh, tremendous failure. We'll see if he'll have anything to say regarding that. Uh, tomorrow here at JMAM. Also, in the early part of tomorrow's show, we will get to our friends grilling for the IDF. Again, we are trying to bring you causes that have stead- that, that are reliable and that are well-known to us and that work year-round, but have really stepped up their efforts over the last few days uh, and are in need of a lot more money and are, uh, and, and are um, garnering a, a, a lot more volunteer support in order to get this mission done. So we'll speak with them in the 7 o'clock hour tomorrow morning right here at JM and the AM. Mark Zomick with the Erev Shabbos show, a very appropriate Erev Shabbos show for this week. Starts at 7 p.m. Eastern time tonight. Again, 3 a.m. and 10 a.m. tomorrow with a big thank you to our friends at Kedem and Yossi Zweig with an appropriate Thursday live lunch coming up starting at 11 a.m. Eastern time this morning. Uh, right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Achenu Israel and Achim Achem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NahumSiegel.com and the Nahum Siegel Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up a Thursday morning edition. My thanks to Ambassador Danny Danone. My thanks to Rabbi Pilichowski. My thanks to Rabbi Ari Katz. My thanks to Moshe Hurt on the front lines in the southern part of Israel. My thanks to all of you for tuning in. Have as good a Thursday as possible. Till tomorrow, Nachum Sugal reminding you, remember to past, live the present, and trust the future.